0: Megan McComasky, say hi. That's your cue, Meg.
1: Sorry, it keeps cutting out on me.
0: (laughs) Just say hello. Hello. Okay, large group. Everybody, large group. Hello, 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 and welcome to the second episode of the Large Group, the official podcast of the Module Youth Program. And thank you so much for tuning in, however you may have done so, uh, to another podcast from the MYP, And we... Hope we can put on a good show for you tonight. And so I would like to, at this time, introduce the team who is going to be talking to you at this moment. I am your host for this evening, Gary McComiskey. And we also have Tommy Levins. Hello, everybody. Diana Roach.
2: Hello, everybody. See, now I know to say hello to everybody and not just Uh, Gary. So, Hello, everybody.
0: (laughs) And joining us newly, newly... Newly, for the first time this week, uh, is Megan McComiskey. Hey,
1: everyone.
0: All right. So uh, thank you all for joining me, uh, joining me, as if if you're all doing this for me.
1: Let me try to get on my phone.
0: Thank you all for joining us this evening. And uh, so the topic for tonight's podcast is going to be faith. When has it been increased? When have you been inspired? So it's kind of a broad topic, but... uh, Basically, I guess what we're talking about tonight is the uplifting parts of faith and the things that make us keep believing and the things that just make us continue to believe and believe even more and want to share our faith with others. So uh, I guess the easiest way to start this off is just to throw it out to the group. When have you guys had your faith increased? Have there been, I'm going to try and break it down like a small group. Have there been any instances in your life that you can remember when perhaps your faith has increased due to some action that you've taken or event that happened to you or, or something of that nature? Well, the, the
2: first thing I just thought of was being asked to be my godson's sponsor for confirmation, which is the first time I've ever been asked. And he just asked me, I don't know sometime in the winter and the confirmation is coming up it's this coming Saturday and um, it's it's an interesting thing to be asked to be somebody's sponsor you know and I guess because I'm a faithful person I'm taking it pretty seriously you know but I think my faith increased because it's a validation certainly of someone who thinks that I am a faithful person <laughs> so I guess <laughs> that makes me feel more faithful because someone thinks I am faithful take it till
0: you make it <laughs> right, right,
3: totally. All right. Um, oh, great,
0: Tommy. How about you?
3: Uh, you know, the obvious stuff jumps out at me. So I think being fortunate enough to work with the Men's Crusoe program and being on weekends and watching people have conversion experiences that always inspires me. You know, people getting up and telling their their stories, their witness stories, things about their life and how. They've welcomed God as a friend in their life. That always really touches me, especially somebody that walks in and doesn't and feels like they don't have a relationship with God or with faith. It really strengthens me, strengthens my own faith, because I think, wow, you know, this is, you know, I'm watching somebody experience something that, you know, I've put into practice for for many, many years and, you know, being privileged to be on that that journey with them, but also You know, to look at this, you know, this God that I have such a great friendship with and how he extends himself to other people. So Mm. that jumps out at me right away. I mean, the module is is so obvious, too, because, you know, just from the, the perspective of seeing kids being open to what we are offering and answering questions that they probably never heard have been asked about their own faith and stuff that they've taken for granted. So... You know, I think the obvious stuff jumps out at me—the module and you know St. Paul's and and my Curcio experience.
0: All right, so Megan, how about you? When is your faith increased?
1: Um, I have had—I don't know—I think several experiences. I went, you know, Tommy was talking about um, the weekends, and I went on one, and and it was really quite a profound experience for me.
0: I'm sorry, um, just uh, to clarify, you're talking about the Curcio weekends?
1: Yes, I wanted a Christian awakening, and um. It was really, it was an amazing experience. I mean, I, I cried a lot. I came out the next day feeling like I've been run over by a train. But it really, I do think, improved my relationship with God in some ways and how I viewed myself, uh, in a sense. Because I I came to understand more, I think, how much God loved me through the talks and through talking with other people. Um, and that was quite profound.
3: I mean, just to cut you off for a second, Megan, because I yeah. would, to be there with you on that weekend was really cool. Because I mean, you walked in already. You know, I figured you. You know, what what were you going to hear that that you haven't heard already, and that you've you've kind of put into your own practice in your own life? And you were on a weekend where everybody knew each other except you. I, I remember your weekend very clearly. So you know, to see yep. you open to a new experience and feeling that that relationship with God, you were on fire. So that was that was really a cool experience for me to be, mm. to be with you there as well as I've been with you with the module, but even, you know, to be with you at that was just really, that was a wild experience that I'll never forget. So that's, that's cool that you're talking about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, I, I normally, I don't like, I'm not very outgoing in a lot of ways. Like I'm, I'm kind of an introvert. I don't, when I'm with people, I don't know, I'm kind of uncomfortable and they did all know each other. Cause it all came from the same place. So it was right. a little odd, yeah. but you know, a small group, like everyone comes together very quickly and and we all shared. And I remember one dog especially, I was I was a wreck. I was crying through the whole beginning when I cried immediately after. I mean, it was, you know, a pain that I didn't know I still had kind of came out. Right. I right. mean, that's, that's really the benefit of those experiences, you know, when you know yourself more, when you can let go of things, when you can, you know, that all improves your faith and improves your relationship with God and makes you more open to new experiences and doing what God wants you to do. And also, you know, what I was going to say – going on the two world youth days that I've been privileged to go on. I mean, they're amazing experiences just being around so many young people, especially who are so on fire about their faith. They're excited. I mean, they're just, I mean, there's chanting, there's cheering. There's, I mean, there's singing. I mean, these people are excited to be Catholic, these young people. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's an amazing experience to be around that because you don't see that kind of verve and fire so much in our churches and, and, in our everyday lives and so it really does kind of inspire you even more in your faith
0: right yeah great I gotta say I I agree with you guys uh, in terms of the like kind of the obvious stuff the module and uh, you know I went on Christian Awakening and I was also burning although I think that was the fever that I developed because I was sick as uh, a dog (laughs) my last day
3: (laughs) poor Gary no it's
0: fine but uh, as far as the module goes, it, it is something that it, I think has increased my faith exponentially, but not even necessarily for the obvious reasons. Like, I think when we work to put together an event, uh, we as a team work so hard to put together an event, and it seems uh, sometimes it's really hard. It seems like, oh, maybe this isn't going to happen you know how is everything possibly going to come together? Uh, we face so many challenges sometimes, especially these days. And then it does. And I look at the kids, the the teenagers that we have in our program, and see how they respond to the things we've done. And it, it's it's like yeah, that it increases my faith considerably because. I think to myself, yes, we are doing God's work. It's only through God that this could have come together and Mm. this could have happened. So this is, you know, this is right. This is where it headed in the right direction. And uh, that's an inspiration. And like even even something as simple as looking at my daughter, my six-year-old daughter, Julia. You know, every day I look at her and I think, how could she be anything but a gift from God? So you know, if I can't look at her and be more faithful, then I don't know what else could possibly inspire me. Mm.
2: Yeah, I think that it's um, but but maybe because see that's interesting. Maybe because we're people of faith, we have these opportunities to really see our faith in action, and we are blessed to have things like the module of the crucio or a family that we love, so that we can see the witness and we attribute it all to God, you know, I think that there are some folk that don't, (laughs) I don't know what they attribute it all to, (laughs) but I know that that's, I I'm similar that way too. I mean, I look at my boys and I think, wow, what a blessing, you know, they're so awesome and that kind of stuff. And how could it not be? Or even, you know, the sunset was spectacular. I don't know if it was yesterday or two nights ago, I was like, "Wow, the sunset's beautiful." And I, you know, is it worth getting up and looking at? It? I'm like, "Yeah, I think so." And it's an experience. And I think, well, God, how could you doubt the existence of God when there's something so beautiful in nature? And I don't know—is that faith? I guess I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm reluctant to say something like, "Well, you know," because a person of faith can see faith everywhere, just because, because you know, God is in everything. So, you know, it's it's hard not to be able to point to something and say, oh, that's God's work. But you're right, Diana. I think that the people who are faithful and the people who do, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm kind (laughs) of formulating a thought as I'm speaking. That's It's also, though, like, it's also kind of easy. I think we have to be careful sometimes that we're not just paying lip service to it. Like, oh, God is everywhere and God is in everything and God is wonderful. sure. But uh, it, it's a fine line. I'm sorry, Tommy. What were you going to say?
3: No, no. I'm, I'm agreeing with what you're saying too, Gary. Because I think you're right. If somebody says to me or challenges me with that, like, oh, God is in nature. And you know how you guys know how I feel about <laughs> nature. So I normally hate nature. But um, <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. I, I can recognize what Diana was talking about. You know, I'm also thinking, you know, maybe we need to bring the conversation more to when we've actually you know, really felt, and I think we've mm-hmm. already we're talking about that a little bit. But when you you almost get overwhelmed by being um, you know inspired or or you know be inspired by this God that's in our lives, like you know I could think of times you know being at mass or or you know being at a mm. particularly around the holidays, but you know being moved to tears, just kind of reflecting and thinking about you know the profoundness of. Mm-hmm. of jesus and and how you know he's in my life and in other people's lives but all of these great things that he's done and did and and continues to do but you know it's like to feel emotional and overwhelmed by that is i guess what i was thinking uh, with this topic tonight about you know elevating my faith or or feeling you know more inspired or what is it that that's made me feel more inspired So I mean
2: like when I started crying at the end of the module mass when we had that (laughs) on retreat
3: a couple like that kind of thing. No, actually I really didn't get that because that was really kind of messy messy (laughs) of you. But um (laughs) 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 No, but that's exactly yeah, that's exactly it. Like something overcame you that you that you were moved to such emotion. You know, I, I I remember the first retreat that I ever worked with the module. And I remember, you know, I was a junior in college, I guess. So I was about 2021. And I remember being in one of our, you know, usual large circles where, you know, we were playing some kind of, maybe we were playing, you've got a friend, I mean, or something. And I remember the seniors on that weekend, like putting their arms around me and pulling me into their circle and embrace. And I just remember being so like overwhelmed with emotion and feeling like this was the right place to be. And, You know, and thank you, God, for, you know, giving me this opportunity and putting me here, you know, being moved in that so emotionally.
1: You know, um, it's not just, I mean, yes, I've had experiences, of course, feeling overwhelmed, especially being on retreats, even our module retreats, just the atmosphere is very peaceful and feeling that we're meant to be there. But, you know, I think something that increases faith for me also comes from feeling like I am effectively being an instrument of God. You know, and doing what he wants me to do. And I think I've mentioned this before. I don't know if any of the old kids are listening. I don't know if I've told the story, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm a, I was a cancer. I am a cancer. I was a cancer at, um, the church called St. Cecilia's in Brooklyn for 12 years. And this one time I did many funerals there because, you know, they had funerals as a church and this one time, you know, it started and, and while the readings had already started, this young woman walked in and I got the feeling, obviously she was the daughter and she walked in and she was just sobbing. I mean, you, you, you read in the Bible of wailing. And I mean, she was. She was saying, Daddy, Daddy. She was crying. It was, it was heartbreaking. I mean, my heart broke. And she wouldn't stop. And she was just in such obvious distress. And the whole time, the you know the readings, everything, she just wouldn't stop crying. She was literally wailing. I mean, she was just so distraught. And they had picked Ave Maria, which is something, you know, people pick often for weddings and funerals. But that's always been a song that's meant a lot to me because I feel close to Mary. And as I got up to sing that, all I all I could think in the lead up to that was, God, please, please, let whatever she needs to hear from this, from me getting up and singing this particular song that they requested, <laughs> let her hear it. You know, and yeah. I prayed to essentially just be a speaker for God. That's what I really did. I said, I, whatever you need to say to her, whatever she needs to hear, let it come out now. Let me essentially let me be your speaker, you know, not even, a, you know. Just flow through me utterly and completely, and you know the organist started playing. And the second I opened my mouth and the first notes, she immediately quieted down for the first time since she'd walked in.
0: Wow! And
1: when it was over, she was quiet for the whole rest of the mass until the final commendation, when she was obviously overwhelmed again. And and all I could remember thinking after was thank you, God, thank you for letting me be that kind of instrument for you to give her some kind of peace. I mean, I'm starting to get a little teary. I think about it now. It was such a profound moment of feeling like I had been his instrument. Like I had been that for her on God's behalf. And it was so overwhelming to me. And I'm, I'm getting emotional now thinking about it as I always do because it was so profound. Yeah. Um, and it really was just the most amazing thing to see because she immediately quieted and I'm saying wailing. I mean, she was loud. You know, she was distraught. Right. And it was just the most amazing thing. She immediately quieted down with that after my prayers. And I always get emotional when I think of it because it was one of the most profound experiences of my life. Um, and that comes from being an instrument and being open, you know, when you let God flow through you that way. So right. profound, it was amazing.
2: Yeah, that's great. I think that that's it is amazing that you felt that, Megan, that you were able to be that, you know, providing somebody with peace. I mean, Tommy mentioned mass. I mean, you were talking about being at a funeral mass. I went to mass on Sunday at six o'clock and I, you know, we had my sister's 50th birthday party the night before. So that's why we went to mass later. And my son, Colin was serving mass. And so I went to mass and my sister and her husband usually come to mass. And I told him I was going to six o'clock mass. And I had also told my friend, Kathy, Kathy Bishop from the module that I was going to the mass. Cause I saw her at the party the night before. And when we were walking up to church, She and her three sons, one of them who's my godson, was walking into church. And then my sister and her husband showed up to church and my friend Vanessa showed up to church. And being at mass with all of them on a Sunday night when no one was, the mass was empty and Pat White was there with his little inspirational band. And, you know, there's something super powerful with being with people that you love so much and people that you do share your faith with in the same space. And it's not a module mass. So what happens in a regular situation, a regular mass situation, something about it is really great. And there's my son on the altar serving. It was great. And that was kind of like, an. that was like, I was, you know, certain moments moved to like holding hands with everybody. You feel the power during the Our Father. Like, I definitely, that was inspirational. That was a good experience for me. I mean, I wasn't making anybody feel peace the way Megan was with my singing voice. Most people run screaming in the other direction. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I I you know. I mean, it's interesting you say that.
1: You know, because I mean, look, I don't know. I've always been a bit of um insecure about my scene, sing- Like I, I'm always like, yeah, I wasn't that great. Everyone says I'm fabulous. That that's a whole other thing and my own issue. But in that moment, <laughs> I really didn't feel like it was me. Like, however much people say, oh, you have the voice of an angel, which they have, and you know, I really felt in that moment that it had nothing to do with me. Which
2: right.
1: It's an interesting thought, but I really felt Ooh. that it had nothing to do with me. And everything is how I open
2: myself up. Right. You know? So. Sure. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: Do you feel like, uh, not necessarily just Megan, but uh, for everybody, do you feel like in order to have these great moments of inspiration and enhanced faith that you have to open yourself up to it, that you have to kind of give yourself to the possibility of a, a great experience or do you think that they can just happen even if you're kind of closed off and maybe in moments when you don't expect or even don't want to have uh you know your your faith kind of increased and and that is it something where god will just kind of knock you like a bolt out of the blue or do you have to be part of that do you think
2: that's an interesting question. I mean, I don't know if, you know, I think there are certain times when faith or God manifests himself when I'm not thinking about it, you know, in some sort of secular way. So being on the subway, something happens. I can't think of anything in mm. particular, but like all of a sudden, then there by the great, like when I see, you know, sometimes when I see a homeless person, I end up thinking about Jesus and, and the oppressed and the marginalized. And I think. You know, there by the grace of God, go I. That's this person's Mm -hmm. life is so terrible. I can't give him any money, but I'm going to say a prayer because my that's just whatever's going on there just sucks. You know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I try to to be mindful of that and pray for that person. You know, so and that's maybe God kicking you in the pants when you're like I'm running from one place to the next. I'm Mm -hmm. in the middle, like I'm not thinking about anything except my own crap. And then you get faced with something like that and then maybe that's you know but I think that there's a certain like Megan said I think you have to be open to it You know, and I think that even though, Tommy, you talked about those conversion experiences for those men or those women who come on the crucio, I mean, they're going to the So There's already like some sort of mustard seed or something is there. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like they're not completely closed off. So there's like some window of opportunity to have some, some sort of faith conversion experience because they're willing to be open. But I think that depending on the person, I think that, you know, God could kick you in the pants whether you're open to it or not. It's just a matter of, you know, listening. Right. Right. I don't
0: know. I remember a talk, uh, and I may—I think I've heard the story a couple of times, but from years ago that uh, PJ McCary gave. And he's somebody that I'd love to have on this podcast because uh, I'm sure he could talk. But I remember him mm. talking about an experience he had, and it's his story, so I don't want to get too much into it. But basically, he had been away from church for a long time. And someone had invited him to Midnight Mass one Christmas, and he went, maybe reluctantly, but he went, and he really had, I don't want to say a conversion experience, but it was something that really, really kind of opened him up. He he, he had a, a beautiful experience and almost a moment of clarity, I think, and it really opened him up to coming back to the church. So while you could say, yes, he did take the first step by agreeing to come to Mass, I think his heart was probably opened up a lot more than he was expecting in that moment.
3: Right. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, it's a really good question, Gary. I'm thinking, I mean, I wish I can come up with something really good about a time that I was profoundly hit, you know, as opposed to, you know, being in a church or being on a retreat or something. And Diana said Subway and... You know, because I, I think Subway, so, like, what's the most ungodly place I'm in? <laughs> and that's definitely, that's definitely one uh, of them. I mean, I've um, been to
0: Philadelphia, so.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I'm even thinking in the workplace, too, but I don't really have, um, I can't think of any, any. well, you know what, that's not true. Because I guess there are people, you know, it's funny, in my office I have, um like very subtle thing I mean people everybody knows that I'm Catholic and it's not because I tell them that I think it's because I've got stuff hanging on my bulletin board and you know I probably just have that face of like you know that guy's a Catholic you know <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well people I, feel like
3: come, come in and you know ask me you know tell me their, their life stories and right right stuff too I was so uh, I guess those kind
0: of, not I'm not sorry. to interrupt, but just not not so much with the Catholic, but uh, for those of you who don't know, Tommy and I both work at the same company. And uh, I was <laughs> talking to a coworker today, and he happened to mention that he was helping you with something. And he's like, oh, Tom Levins, he's a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that? Yes, he is. So. That's very nice.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I guess, you know, it's nice that, to hear that, because I think um, one of the things that is, have always been a part of my of my journey is how, and, and sometimes I'm I'm cognizant of it, and sometimes I'm not. Is you know how can I bring Christ to somebody today? Like how can I do it in just in just a, an average way? And maybe that's smiling or you know um, just you know, asking somebody how they are. One of the things that I like to do, and and I, a lot of people, you guys can probably relate to this too, is you know. We meet people and we hear things about them. And then, you know, I like to ask people about things that they've told me, even if it's something that's kind of been in the past. Like, oh, you know, you're telling me that, you know, how would that thing work out with your mother? You know, last time I talked to you, you said that. And I always think that that's a great way to bring Christ to other people because it just kind of shows that I care. And I'm always and I always try to find that kind of connection with people in conversations that I have, like what, what is something that I could um, relate to or something that, you know, that brings me a little bit closer or more familiar with them. And I think in those ways, that, that that's a way that I'm not really conscious of, you know, to be overwhelmed or inspired or to elevate my faith. But I think those are the ways that suddenly, you know, God works through me. And, you know, that's a good thing. It's a nice thing to kind of to reflect on that and to think about that.
0: Right. Thanks, Tom. So, you know what, final question for all of you. And Tommy did just kind of touch on this, so I'm going to expand a little bit more on it. When, well, I can say when have there been times, but really, uh, I'll even take a step back and say, do you try consciously to inspire other people do you see yourself as an instrument to inspire people and to grow other people's faith to let god work through you in that way or is it just something that you try to be a good example just generally and if it happens it happens great but it's not something you're working towards
2: what is that saying that, you know, you might be the only God that people meet that day or some, there's some kind of little, right? Isn't there one of those things? So I don't know if I am conscious of it, you know what I mean? As much as I am, or as much as I should be, but there are times when I choose to respond in another way because... I want to be doing the Christian thing, or I want to be a good example of someone who is Christian and I'm going to respond, you know, not to be, not like, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus respond to this? And I want to make sure that I'm representing myself and my faith in a way that I can be proud of, you know? And if that means that that's stopping the conversation from talking poorly about someone, removing myself from a gossip situation or saying yeah. i'm not going to participate in this guys you guys can continue to have this conversation but i'm going to go because i don't think it's right whatever like something along those lines i feel like that's my job and i that, that that's my my faith talking and that's what i should do do i think that that's inspirational to other people I don't know, but I'm doing it because Jesus already has told me what the right thing to do is and what the wrong thing to do is. That's not up to me. It's just up to me to make those choices and to, to act on those choices. So I try to do the right thing. I try to be the only God, if you know, I might be the only, you know, grace that people see all day, you know? So I've actually started to start to smile more, like smile more at people when they catch my eye, even on the subway and strangers, Mm -hmm. I try to just smile because it might be the only person that smiles all day at them right. and the majority of people smile back you know nobody looks at you like you're crazy because i'm not like Gee. i'm not like a cheshire cat i'm <laughs> not like grinning at them like a lunatic i just smile like the knowing oh you're on the subway too oh you're walking down the street too oh you're standing on line too you know you're a human being i'm a human being we should smile at each other hmm. i don't know
0: yeah i guess uh especially in those situations there is a sense that we're all in this together so you know let's try and make right. it as pleasant as possible right yeah, mm-hmm. Megan, I know you like the concept of pay it forward and that mm-hmm. kind of relates here. Is that something that you consciously do?
1: I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not a saint. You know, my friends, one friend in particular, she's like, oh, you're the best Catholic I know. And I tell everyone, you know, and, and I think of myself, really not always, you know, I have my moments, I'm really, you know, <laughs> But it, I guess when I'm interacting with other people, I, I try to be pleasant. I try to be nice. You know, I've had experiences. An old coworker of mine, I had a weird back. He's the same age as me. And he, I don't know, he's like, he's from, um, not Ghana. Where is he from? God, I can't remember. His, like, father was some kind of Christian minister. His mother was, I don't know if she was Muslim or I don't know what. He had a weird background. And, but he would talk to me about why I believed, what I believed and why I believed it. And, and I don't mind talking about those things. You know, I feel like, um... You can only be nice if people wonder about why you act the way you do. I'm always happy to talk about it. If people tell me they don't believe, you know, I feel like a lot of people, the response they get like atheists is anger. A lot of Christians lash out angrily. And I'm, I'm like, I don't, I don't do that. You know, I just try to be nice to people. I mean, I don't know if that's paying it forward. It's just being as helpful as I can when I'm at work. You know, people, everyone in my office is very nice. I work at a college in an education department and some of the students will call and when they talk to them and I'll go out of my way, I'll look things up for them. Even if it's not my department at all, I'll try to help them as best I can. And they'll say, you know, you're the nicest person I've spoken to so far on this campus. You're the most helpful. Hmm. And I, and I think it's such a little thing. Like what, you know, so many times I, when I'm dealing with other departments cause I handle money stuff and, and just other things, they don't want any part of it. They're like, not me talk to someone else. Goodbye. Like they don't even want to go out of their way. And I know everyone's busy. But I feel like just, it, what does it take to take a moment just try to Listen,
2: be helpful? It does not cost any more money to be nice. That's what I say all the time to people. I'm like, I don't know why any vendor, anybody that I deal with has to be nasty. It, it does not cost any more money to be nice. Just be nice.
1: Yeah, I mean. Why but can't I think people just be nice? In a sense, I mean, you don't have to be a Catholic or a Christian to be nice to people, obviously. No. But I feel like that's a really simple way to improve other people's day. Like if if they're having a really like I have a students walk in and they're angry about something and and they've had trouble. And I try to like calm them. Like I understand why you're upset. Let's try and by the end they're like, thank you so much. You know, and that's all they need. Just a little bit of someone being nice to them. You know, just a little bit of helpfulness when they're frustrated. And and I feel like that's a good way to in a way pay it forward. Like to just improve someone's day. And will they know you're a Catholic? I don't know. I've gotten into this my Jehovah's Witnesses, what I used to wear my crucifix, (laughs) you know, about what that means and why I wear it. And if they can sense that I'm a Christian or what I wore my crucifix before I lost it, which I'm still upset about, like, would they know that I was Catholic? And maybe that's why maybe I don't know, you know, and maybe people think I'm, I'm a Catholic. Oh, she goes to church. Maybe that's why she's nice to people. Maybe that's what they think. And if that is, then it can only improve their opinion of the church or maybe they'll be nice to themselves. You know, right. So I, that is a way you make a difference. Yeah. In the
3: world.
0: yeah. You know, I have a uh, coworker who let's say he enjoys women. He likes them a lot, and he makes no bones about that. And whenever he uh, he happens to be objectifying or, you know, otherwise uh, leering at a lady, and he's, he's telling me about it, and I express a complete disinterest in what he's, uh, you know, going on about. He said, uh, oh, right, I know, you're such a good Catholic boy, you don't do that. And, and it's like, well, <laughs> I like to think so, but that's not... Why, but you know what? If, in his mind, if in anyone's mind, being a good Catholic is equated to being a decent, respectful, good human being, I will take that, right? Of course, yeah,
2: right, right, right. Right.
0: All right, so thank you all. Any parting thoughts before we wrap up? No, I don't think. Uh, I I mean, I
1: guess I would just for anyone listening, I mean, the theme is increasing faith, and I guess I would just say. You, you be open to it, you know, don't immediately shut down the possibility that it's God or that it's, you know, some people mm. just go, oh, well, that's just it's just luck or it's just no, maybe it was God, you know, just just kind of be open to the idea and maybe you will have an experience.
3: Right. That's a good thought. You know, I was thinking um and, you know, the challenge always with speaking with people I know that a Catholic is. They get so caught up in, you know, the church and, the you know, the, mm-hmm. the priests and the, yep. uh, what does the church say? And yep. I think <laughs> you, you miss out on so much of just experiencing your faith and just feeling, you know, you, you, you ask any of these people that I have these conversations <laughs> with about their faith. You know, I'm not I'm not Catholic anymore, you know, but I believe in God and, mm-hmm. you know, I was raised with that. But they get caught up in such whatever it is, the anger or, you know, whatever it is that's turned them away from the church. And I just wish, you know, my, my hope is that people kind of can put that to the side and just, you know, embrace their faith. And not mm-hmm. so much what we're, we're told, but actually what, what, you know, what we're inspired and, and what we believe. So that, that would be my closing comment. Well, now I feel just stupid that I said yeah. nothing. But no, I think I'm
2: gonna say, no. no, I think that both Gary, I mean, um, what Megan had said is being open to it. And Tommy said, you know, forget about all the business, you know, when, you, when it comes down to what the baseline of being Catholic is, is, is being kind and loving people. Right. And you don't have to like everybody even. You just have to love people. And to love people, you just have to respect them and be kind to them. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we're supposed to do. And I can't think of, you know, anything that's good in my life and not be thankful for it. You know what I mean? Not that, But that's me. And I don't think that everybody, you can not jump to that right away if you're kind of searching for your faith. But I think that both of you have a point. Like, just forget about all the business and be open to it. And I think that you'll realize that things are so good in your life in certain ways that it can't just be luck. And it can't just be mistake. Right,
0: right.
3: Yep. Great. Yeah, Damn. that's that's great.
0: Yeah. All right. Thank you, Diana. That's a great thing to close on. So uh, I want to thank all three of you for coming on the podcast for this episode of Large Group, episode two. I hope you, the listener, enjoyed it. I want to thank you profoundly for listening to us, and I hope you will continue to do that in the future. I hope that we gave you something that you can take away and maybe sink your teeth into a little bit. I definitely want to give a huge thanks to Ralph Fiscaros for maintaining our website, the modules Yay, website Ralph. and Yay, uh, Ralph. Yay, for Ralph. making this podcast <laughs> possible. So thank you, Ralph. And I guess, thank God for allowing us to uh, be faithful <laughs> enough to do <laughs> this yep. work.
2: Yes. So, Amen to that, Gary. Yep.
0: So, uh, Until next we speak, this has been The Large Group. Now go to your small groups and discuss. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Great. Thank you. You've got a friend. Try turning off your video. It might help. Try. No, pointing it at the ceiling isn't going to help. (laughs) It's not the same thing.
1: I have no idea what you just said.
3: Oh, poor Megan.
0: Turn off your video.